Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is Major featuring Key Glock by Young Dolph, and it is also the walkout song from the next guest on the show, Montori Bridges. Montori is a graduate from Altus High School in Oklahoma and was a three-time state champion. Montori traveled north to compete at the University of Wyoming, where he earned All-American honors as a freshman. His junior year was interrupted by the pandemic, and he chose not to take his COVID year, a decision that we touch on. Montori is now an officer with the Altus Police Department and is also a recent CLEAT graduate, which means he is now certified through the state of Oklahoma. Montori was really candid in this interview, and I think you'll learn a lot from him. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Montori Bridges. We're here to celebrate you as a wrestler, you know, but while also highlighting you as a person. Um, and I think what you said was wrestling right. was, you know, was something you did. It wasn't your life, you know, right. or, or something along those lines where, you know, you didn't take your red shirt year and you were just like, you know, I just, just kind of done. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, I think a lot of people, especially during that time, would be like, well, duh, why wouldn't you take your red shirt gear? And I think you kind of talked about how, hey, if you haven't done it, you don't understand the grind and all that goes into being a Division One wrestler or a wrestler at any level in college, you know? Right, right. And so yeah, it's, just, it's a lot different than what it's either painted out to be or what people make it out to be. Um, and I think, right, having to do it, you kind of see like the inside of it. You're like, oh, this is way different than what it looked like before I thought about doing this. Really? So even when you were doing it, you're like, wow, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect <laughs> yeah. it to be. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I think especially like my my freshman year when I first got there, um, like preseason, it was all running, and like in high school, we ran a little bit, but. Like I was not ready for that. I was like, "Whoa! Like this is not this. This isn't what I'm here to do." And I think that was kind of like my first shock. And I think anybody will tell you that was there with me was like, "Yeah, he's not gonna make it." And really? at times, yeah, it was it was bad. It was it was bad. Um, but like when I when we got on the mat and stuff, then that's kind of where I was like, "Okay, now I'm comfortable, right? I can do this. This is fine. I can come in here every day and do this, you know." But mm-hmm. the running stuff that was that was hard on me. Yeah. What was the point of the running? Um, I think, I think most of it was kind of just like get our cardio back, um, kind of burn off some of that fat that we put on over the summer or, um, you know, just to get, you know, the bad habits out of our system, the bad food, you know, things like that. Cause then you have to start to recover better. You're like, Oh, I can't stay up all night and, you know, hang out and play video games or whatever, you know, I got to get squared away on doing all this stuff so that I can, you know, prioritize my time to recover and, um, you know, be ready to roll the next day. That's what I think it kind of was. Yeah. What, so I'll start off right off the bat. Um, what was your favorite food or what is your favorite food? 
out of season or in season? Both. So let's start with out of season. What are you going for? What are you reaching for? Out of season. I think my favorite probably I say pizza. That's something yeah. that yeah, I, I go pizza's my go-to. Mm-hmm. And what about in season when you're cutting weight and you're like, uh, I can't I can't cut this out of my diet? Uh man. I don't know. I ate, I, I ate a lot of candy. I think yeah. <laughs> ice cream was like, no matter when I'd eat it, you know, I'd uh, like, especially come back from a tournament, like Sunday night, get back to Laramie. Well, no matter what my weight was, I'd go and get ice cream. <laughs> Dairy Queen, get ice cream or um, I'd go to Walmart and get like a little a jar of Talenti and, or um, Ben and Jerry's and I eat the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thing. Yeah. Any particular kind. Um, Talenti was probably the, the caramel cookie crunch. And then, um, Ben and Jerry's was probably, uh, no, I don't think there's any specific, <laughs> I think it was kind of just anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to put it down. Yeah. And would you eat the whole thing in one sitting? Yeah. 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 That was like no question. Like I, I kind of had to. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what led you to, to Wyoming and also what's it like being in Laramie? I've never been out there. And for people who haven't been to Laramie out to see a Cowboys duel and what's it like being there? Um, so being there, it's, it's different, right? It's, especially when you're there as like a student athlete or, you know, just, so I've gone back a few times, like to see, um, people that are still there or just hang around the area for a week or two. Um, it's a lot different from the two aspects. Um, but it's, it's a neat place, right? You're in the mountains, you're two hours from Denver. Um, you know, you're right there. You're able to do a lot of outside stuff, right? You can go hiking, fishing, hunting, uh, shooting anything really um it's cold though I'll, I'll tell people to pack a jacket yeah like my uh my freshman year when i first got there i would go to class or i'd go to lift in the morning and i would wear like i call them jesus sandals mm-hmm. and i wouldn't wear socks so i'd wear wear no socks go over to go to practice and by the time i get back home or get back to the dorms there's snow on the ground and i'm walking around campus sometimes with no socks on i'm like my feet are kind of cold i probably should have wore socks <laughs> you know that and then now anywhere anytime i go anywhere i bring a jacket just because that's how the, the weather was in laramie mm-hmm. 75 at one moment you go inside you know work out for an hour and come back out it's snowing and 30 so mm-hmm. um, the, weather, the weather's definitely different but it's it's a cool neat little town there's a lot of stuff to, there's a lot of things to do you know if you're if you're an outdoorsy person um like i said you're pretty close to denver and fort collins which are really nice places to be yeah are you an outdoorsy person um uh, i dabble i like i like to go shooting i like to shoot um i'll fish every now and then whenever i can uh and then hiking i'll do it every now and then you know but mm-hmm. Oklahoma, it's a little bit too hot to do any of that stuff. And we don't really have the mountains to do it. So <laughs> kind of hard, but shooting, we can do a lot of shooting around here. Yeah. What, what led you to Laramie and Wyoming, the university of Wyoming in the first place? Um, so I think my main reason was for going there was for Tion, Tion Ware. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I took a visit out there and I, I, I had fun on my visit. Um, but you know, kind of looking at the coaching staff, like Tion was my, my main reason to go there. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, seeing him at duels when he was at OU, um, you know, being at tournaments in Oklahoma and he's the one that's presenting the awards, you know, it was like a big deal whenever, you know, he 
you know, decided to coach there. Um, and like I said, watching him growing up, I remember me and him always argued about this duel that he had against Lehigh. And we always argued on the score. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to show you the video. I have it on video. <laughs> and so we're watching it in his basement in Laramie. And uh, throughout the video, I see like a group of five kids run by and I'm like, hold on, freeze it. And it happens to be me. No, <laughs> Yeah. It's me and like with my, with my friends and you know, I'm like, that's, that's gotta be me. And then three seconds go by and my mom walks by. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. That, like that's, you know, that, that's my relationship with Tion is I've known him for so long. And then, you know, when he, when he decides to coach there, it's like no brainer, you know, I've always, you know, looked up to him and, you know, why, why not go wrestle for him? Um, and you know, it all paid off and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's cool that, you know, so it, it wouldn't have really mattered where he was at. You probably would have went at least looked where he was at. Um, so he didn't, I, I wasn't really recruited by any schools that he was at. I mean, like he was at Binghamton. I didn't never had any idea of Binghamton. Um, and then it wasn't until I think it was this, after Fargo, maybe my sophomore year or junior year that he he signed with them um you know but i think he was kind of just like the nail in the coffin like okay yeah like that's mm-hmm. a serious school that i'm gonna consider and uh you know f- then that's where it went from there mm-hmm. I, I feel like did he get i feel like i saw on facebook that he's recently he's going somewhere else now from wyoming yeah. is he going, yeah, he's going, to, going to ou Okay. Okay. Yeah, and he's right. going to coach there. Yep. Coaching at coaching back in Norman, back in his stomping grounds. Ah, oh, so is he following you now this time? So you <laughs> have like, Hey, I can't, I gotta come. I gotta come back. That's the, that's what it looks like to me, but <laughs> he would admit that. Yeah, no, probably not. Um, I remember did he, he used to have a tussle with, was it Gallic from Iowa state or who? Uh, I'm not it? sure. Cause he made the finals and I, I'm pretty sure he won it one year. I'm trying to remember that's that's a ways away, but I can't remember. The I remember him, I remember him wrestling too back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he he's the man. He still is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you did you scrap with him when you were there? <laughs> tried to. <laughs> is that what you call it? Tried to. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I used to always like call him out. Um, at one of my freshman year when I first got there, and like we'd roll a little bit, and he wouldn't go too hard, and then. I think when we got in season, I wrestled with him one day and I promise he's, he's probably the strongest human I know pound for pound. Really? It's yeah. He's unmatched. Like there's nobody that's, I don't know, just, I don't know why he's so strong when he's, strong. <laughs> so, you know, after a couple of goes with him, I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'll, 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 with, I'll wrestle with EK down here. He's more like, <laughs> yeah, so that was it. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. I didn't wrestle anymore after my freshman year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I found something interesting. I kind of wanted to save it, but I'll just bring it up anyway. Um, I found out you competed in a Cartoon Network contest. Yeah, yeah. What was that all about? Uh, so I was probably eight or nine, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, my dad picked me up from school that day and he goes, hey, uh, you know, this lady, there's a lady that lived in Altus and um her daughter was supposed to like babysit me a few times, but it never happened. And, you know, she was like, she sent my dad a link to this cartoon network um, contest called props. And my dad's like, I'm going to, I think he had already entered me in it. And they're like, they want to talk to you tonight on the phone. And I'm like, what on cartoon network? (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And so 
it was pretty much they were going around the country trying to find i think 12 kids um that are either competing in a a different sport or just good in their sport in general and you know they talked to me on the phone that night and then they end up coming out to oklahoma came to the house um stayed for a few days to watch like what wrestling practice was um stuff like that and so the whole idea was just like just to highlight these kids and give them their props and then mm. from that it was kind of like a big you know after a month long of showcasing the 12 kids they're going to have a like a poll system to where everybody in the country can vote for you know whatever kid they want and then i think maybe the top three or top five kids of that one or that had the highest votes um you know they would get the opportunity to to practice or receive instruction from somebody that's you know a famous basketball player mm-hmm. so i know i think one kid that won he was a basketball player from california and he worked out with like baron davis from the warriors mm-hmm. um, and i think there was two twin sisters that played tennis and i want to say they worked out maybe with serena or something so it was something along wow. the um but yeah, I, I didn't make the top. I didn't make the cut, but it was still a great. It was still awesome. I remember I tell people all the time. They're like, "No way!" And I was actually down at my grandma's house the other day, and she. I was looking through some of our old photos, and there's the news clippings from it. Um, yeah, and then I got like, I got a, I got my own day here in Altus, like back in 2006. I never celebrated it. It was, yeah, it's it's something that not everybody knows. Yeah, it's kind of. I felt like it was kind of random, like out of all the things, Altus, Oklahoma, is that where the whole um, like audition, if you will, was or? Yeah, it was. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, the Cartoon Network people flew down. They came to the house, um, you know, got sound bites of me and my videos and my trophies. And I don't know, kind of just my day to day stuff really mm-hmm. for a couple of days. And um, yeah, it, it was cool. It was something that I was not expecting. Yeah. Oh, especially like, like you said, from Altus, Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's... I actually got a proclamation from the mayor back then. So. Really? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Next thing you know, there'll just be a statue. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you had some, basically, also what this entails, you had some success early. Mm-hmm. in wrestling um how did you deal with that success at such a young age i i've talked to a couple that have had success and i'm just curious you know how you handle it as you get older and expectations mount because you're so good so young um so like young age is like elementary junior high stuff mm-hmm. yeah so right i i did have i had, i i think it was you know good success at a young age um but i think a lot of it was my obviously my family my support system right they always kept me humbled um you know never let anything get to my head which was probably the most important thing um and then obviously just you know trying to find the the next best competition right i didn't you know i didn't just wrestle in tournaments in oklahoma that i knew i could win and that i could go and you know blow everybody out of the water like i we went to we went to like las vegas to wrestle and reno and um right i obviously went to fargo and to preseason nationals um and there's a lot of other tournaments that i wish i would have hit but you know i i I didn't win those tournaments right or i you know i'd win vegas and reno um, but I also lost a lot of those tournaments, right? I didn't win Fargo, lost at Fargo, didn't win preseason national, stuff like that. So I think just the constant, you know, measurement that I had of like, I'm good, but I'm not there yet. 
you know, and I got a lot of work to do. Um, and then I think a lot of it was, you know, I kind of got overlooked a lot. I, I think I got overlooked a lot mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, you know, or just wrestling wise, because there's people that, you know, I would be from the state of Oklahoma that were either, you know, fan favorites more than me or just people like them more. And I think that was kind of one thing that kind of like kept me determined, like to show people, right. What I'm capable of and, you know, what I can actually do versus, you know, just being liked. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that was a really big thing was right. Cause I had people that I had to compete with, you know, maybe not necessarily the wrestle, but people that are around my size, um, my age that were doing far more better things than what I was. And it's like, you know, obviously I'm going to get overlooked in that sense. So Mm-hmm. kind of stuff that drove me to, to work harder and, um, you know, try to carry on what I was doing previously. Yeah. How did your family keep you humble? You, uh, know, you said like they were a good support system. They kept you humble. Did they, did you have like siblings that beat you down when they wrestled with you or your dad or something or? Oh, uh, my dad, uh, my dad thinks he can, uh, <laughs> but you know, I have an older brother, um, but he was way older. He was, he's eight years older. So mm-hmm. it wasn't too much of him, like actually, you know, beating me up or nothing like that. But it was kind of more just like, you know, they, they were, they would tell me what I'm capable of. And I knew what I was capable of. But it was kind of just like that, you know, you're still human. You're nothing, right. You're, you're special to us, but you're nothing special, right? You're, you're a small, you're a big fish in a big pond. So, you know, there's somebody in every state that's doing what you're doing, if not more. Is kind of the way I kind of looked at it, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of, you know, in my sense, kind of humbled me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that and there's always there and it's always supportive of, you know, what I, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. What, what did you want to do? Um, like as far, I think just like both as far as wrestling and in life, you know, what, what did you want to do? So people probably think that like my parents are just, I think everybody thinks like kids that are good at wrestling, their parents are just like these far out, just crazy people that are just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle all the time. Um, and my parents weren't like, it was kind of the exact opposite, like, you know, do whatever you want to do. Um, right. But when it's wrestling time, right. Focus on wrestling and, and be hundred percent bought into it. And that's kind of how it was. Right. When I, I played baseball growing up and played all the way through high school and it was kind of like the same thing, right. When it's baseball time, we're going to focus on baseball and you're kind of get, you're good to do what you want to do um, to a certain, to a certain standpoint. Right. But when we need to do this wrestling stuff, we need to do it. Um, but like I said, they were, you know, big on that, right. Letting me kind of free range right i had a i had what i would compare to a lot of people that were you know big in the wrestling community they you know they had very strict parents on you know you eat this at a certain time you work out this many times a day mm-hmm. you're going to go to this tournament right? I didn't. i didn't have that my parents you know kind of let me make my own decisions for the most part about you know just being a kid i was a kid mm-hmm. and you know I, I wouldn't change anything i wouldn't change any of it the way it happened so mm-hmm. i think that was really big in it it kind of gave me that that relaxation, like oh, I'll work hard for these three, four months. And then after this, it's like, I can coast for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, or at least, you know, let off the throttle. Yeah. Well, how did you get your start into wrestling then? It doesn't, I mean, were your, did your brother wrestle? Did your dad, did any of your family wrestle or how'd that kind of start so my, for you? My dad wrestled in a high school, I think just for a couple of years. And, you know, after he finished high school, he went to college for a little bit and then joined the army. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so when we moved back to Oklahoma, we moved back to like Midwest city. So we're just around the Oklahoma city area. And he moved, we moved back to Altus and he started the the little league program here, Altus Bulldog Wrestling Club. And so I think I was probably three around that age. And it was a little bit easier for him to just come to work at the city of Altus. And, you know, I was up there at practice with him. It was free daycare. So <laughs> three years old, I was just up there hanging out and, you know, pretty much just started wrestling at that age. And then, uh, just caught on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, and the rest is history, I guess, as you could say. Um, when did when did you start to take it pretty pretty seriously? Um, I'd probably say like six or seven. All right, that's kind of where I was six or seven years old. That's when I started winning like the Reno stuff and um, World of Wrestling, like World All Star Team. Um, you know, Oklahoma Kids State. That's kind of when it when it kind of dawned on me like, oh, this is fun. And this is like, you know, something that, that I should take serious um, mm-hmm. as far as my brain could handle at that, at that age. But, you know, it's kind of just, you know, seeing what I was doing, it's like, this is fun, right? I can wrestle and I get to travel, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to Las Vegas, flying on planes. Like I should do this. I should continue to do this. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. This wrestling thing. You, yeah. said you, you said you did other sports. So you played baseball. Did you do anything yeah. else? Um, so I played, I played basketball up until I think maybe fourth grade. But it was kind of just something like, oh, I'm going to do it. My friends are doing it. Like, mm-hmm. that's what and my parents were like, you're not just going to wrestle. You can do whatever you want. And so, you know, I'd go from having basketball practice or a basketball game and then running right upstairs to go and wrestling practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I played football, you know, growing up all the way until freshman year of high school. And I was just a little bit undersized, you know. Yeah. And then, like I said, I played baseball all the way through. Um, you know, as long as I played, as long as I wrestled, I played baseball just as well. So, really, how what you what you think of baseball? I Apparently, you liked it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's my I that's my favorite sport is baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit harder to watch for the people that don't that have never played it, but mm-hmm. you know, I love playing it and I love watching it. It's it's a it's a great sport. Agreed, agreed. What do you think of Aaron Judge in '62? That was pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm a Red Sox fan though, so. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't give him too much respect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. I love baseball. I love watching it. I love the just the intricacies of it and how how all the little minute details just like right. how you can dissect it. It's really fun to me anyway. Yeah. It's um, a lot more complex than what uh, what's on surface like. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, and I'm not saying I was just some all-star baseball player, but, you know, I can see like, you know, pre-pitch, you know, what, what the infield is doing, what outfield is doing. It's like, oh, like this is interesting stuff. And, you know, where the, the, the person that didn't play up ground baseball or anything like that, no nature, I was like, oh, this is boring. Where's the home mm-hmm. run? No. Where's the, where's the pitcher hitting the batter? Like I want to see. What, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what position did you play? Um, so growing up, I played shortstop and then third base and then when i got to high school i played mostly second and then a little bit of left field mm-hmm. yeah it was it was fun yeah was your team good uh we were okay so my my senior year we made regional finals um which was big for us we were never like we're not a big baseball school um but you know before that it was we we're 500 um, but a lot of us, we, we all grew up together playing baseball together. So mm-hmm. out of the nine guys that played or, you know, the 20 people that were on the team in high school, seven of us were on a traveling baseball team growing up. So, nice. I mean, it was kind of like started in sixth grade and we played all the way up until we were seniors. So that, that was the fun part. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. How, how did you intertwine then 
baseball with summer wrestling? Did you just not wrestle in the summer? I did a little bit. So what I would usually do um, after wrestling season was over, like after state tournament, I would start doing baseball practice like the next week. I go to baseball and then my coach, Coach Williams um, in high school, he was good about like not putting too much on us guys that were playing other sports. So the guys that were not playing another sport in spring, like they were kind of like, okay, you're going to practice three times a week, you know, as far as freestyle. And then you're going to go to every one of these weekend tournaments. So if you have a tournament in Lawton, you're going to go to that tournament. If there's a tournament in Westmore, you're going to go there. Um, and then obviously, you know, going up to Tulsa for our, our national team qualifier and Fargo qualifier. But for the guys that were, you know, playing baseball or running track or, you know, whatever soccer, um, he was kind of like, you know, come in twice a week, once or twice a week, um, kind of just to get re-familiarized with it. And, you know, if you want to go to a tournament on this weekend, if you don't have baseball this weekend, you can come to the tournament. Um, but we always try to go to the, 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 you know, the we was at Tulsa Union. So it was, we all try to go to the Tulsa Union qualifier, mm-hmm. which is pretty much what I would do. So I play baseball from, you know, end of wrestling until the end of school. And then, go to practice once or twice a week and then hit the qualifier. And then after that, I would kind of, you know, wrestling was that sole focus, you know, for those last or the last few years of that few years of high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it a nice, it seems like it was a nice break. And I think I, I, the people I've talked to tend to have had some sort of little break from wrestling. I think yeah. that's really beneficial to just decompress from it Yeah, and then come back. It's huge. Uh, I don't think people really, you know, understand how, how, uh, how heavy wrestling can be on, especially people that age. Right. I'm, you know, 14 to 18 and, you know, I'm having to watch my weight. Um, you know, I'm trying to still have my social life. But wrestling is, especially during wrestling season, right? Because I'm tired. You know, I wake up in the morning, maybe get a workout in the morning, go to school all day, practice hard for, you know, two, three hours, and then come home. And, you know, my friends are out hanging out somewhere. And I'm like, I really don't want to. I'm I'm tired. I'm beat. So you know, kind of get that change of pace. It's like, cause baseball was fun. That's, that's why I think baseball is so fun for me. Cause mm-hmm. I went from a so serious thing. Like, right. I'm trying to make it with wrestling, but you know, in two months I can go play baseball and just like, I'm there to have fun. And I think that was pretty big for everybody that, you know, was serious about wrestling that kind of got that little break. Um, but then obviously, you know, after baseball season was over, I picked it up a lot. Um, I would go over to Lawton probably four or five times a week and work out. Um, you know, with the coach cook, he was our, our junior team head coach. So I work out with him pretty frequently during the summers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just baseball. You said, yeah, it is fun. I just enjoy even watching the pros. Like yeah. someone will hit a base hit and they'll run to first base and they'll just be, you know, <laughs> chatting with the first baseman, like their buddies. And it's like, yeah. this is great. Like, yeah. That's yeah. And it's just so different from wrestling. Like mm-hmm. I'm out there try, like trying to take something from this guy and it's like, uh, baseball is whatever. Hit the yeah. ball, base, run around the base, go sit in the dugout. So. <laughs> how, how good were you at baseball? I was okay. Um, I wasn't like, I wasn't all state or anything, but I tried to carry my weight, which yeah. I think I did. I, I think I carried my weight. Yeah. Well, you're a lighter guy, so it probably wasn't too much. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't at all. Yeah. Oh, cool. So um, now it's shifting to like the high school scene in Oklahoma. It's pretty, it's pretty tough down there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
Um, also, your high school has really turned it up the last 10 years. I, I was looking and they had a good run and then kind of a little dry spell in the early 2000s. And all of a sudden, 2010 hit and you guys are having state champs every year almost. Right. All right. Oof. And I think a lot of that was because of like Coach Williams. I mean, it was because of Coach Williams, right? There's no question about it. Um, when he, I think when he left, I think they're at 15 or 16 district championships in a row, maybe. Wow. Um, like it was, it was just every year. Like dual state was an expected thing. Like we're gonna, we're gonna be at dual state, and we're gonna have to wrestle somebody tough, right? Because there's usually us. Um, Collinsville is always a staple. Um, you know, Kawita started to come on my the end of my high school career, um, and then even Duncan and Lawton Max. So it was always we would always win our district the first. When he got here, we started winning districts, and then probably a couple years after I graduated, um, we won, and then he stepped away and then we got a new coach and I think they won it those two years. And after that, they kind of fell off. Um, mm-hmm. But we got a new coach now and which is Keelan Torres. And so hopefully, you know, I, I think he'll have things back on track. So, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, did you have some rivals back in the day at Altus or um, did you personally have any rivals? Yeah. There's a couple people that I wrestled all the time. Um, Christian Moody, he wrestled at OU. He was a 25 pounder. I wrestled him probably five, four or five times. And I think I was 0 and 4, 0 and 5. <laughs> but it was like, you know, the first time we wrestled, he beat me down. And then um, after that, I kind of started to close the gap, but I could never close it enough to, you know, beat him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat me at state my freshman year in the semis. And then he beat me at state my sophomore year in the final. So, <clears throat> you know, I didn't really like him at all. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I didn't like it because so after freshman year, we were both on the dual team, junior dual team, and just somehow magically he was my roommate. <laughs> and uh it was really hard. Yeah. It was hard. He was he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's really cool and I really like him. Um but you know, then I had to wrestle him the following year. But we, after you know, after that summer to wrestling together, it was always like you know, obviously when we're on the mat, we're going to compete against each other and I'm going to try to beat him. He's going to try to beat me, but it was more of that, like, you know, off the mat, there's that mutual respect between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrestled with him. And like I said, I had, I think in high school, I had about nine losses and he was four or five of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a guy from Lawton Mac, um, Briar Adams. I wrestled him three times, three or four times. Um, and he beat me twice. Um, and then there's always, you know, people from Duncan that we just didn't like Duncan. Duncan analysis, we just do not get along. <laughs> um, you and so you and Christian Moody did who brought it up like hey yeah, we wrestle and I don't like you or whatever. Like, how did that first conversation go? I don't think it was anything like that. I think we showed up because since it was in Oklahoma, since your duels at Oklahoma City, we would stay at OCU in the dorms for you know, the week before leading up to so we can do like our, our little tune up camp. Mm-hmm. So I think we walk in on the first day and we're in the lobby of the dorm and they're handing out, you know, room keys and room assignments. And it was like Bridges and Moody. And I'm like, <laughs> can I not have anybody else? Um, but I think it was, I don't know, it's one of those things where like you, when you're forced to live in a, a space that's, you know, six by six or eight by eight, it's like, well, I guess we kind of got to get along. And that's kind of how it was for everybody on Team Oklahoma. I know a lot of us competed against each other during season. Um, and 
when we got to get together and train together, like it's some of the best friends you're going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those guys, I'm good friends with them. Um, even if I did have to compete with them. So it, it was a good experience though. I, I do appreciate it. Yeah. So, so there, it just was out the window right away. It was, Hey, yeah. it was never like, uh-huh. you know, whatever. It was like, Hey, what's up? Christian? Hey, yeah. what's up? I guess you're my roommate. <laughs> All right. I guess. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that's, that's the way it tends to be, you know, yeah. something that I've learned also from doing this is just talking with some people that used to be just so intense or whatever. And then you get them out of that element of wrestling and they're just so relaxed and just chill and friendly. And it's like, right. Oh, yeah. there's a normal person. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Which is funny to say, but they are. Yeah. Um, different wrestling's wrestling world's different. There's nothing. Yeah. It, you know, and it really is, it really is. You know, I think sometimes you can see people's personality on other sports, like in basketball or something, you know, you see players kind of joking around while they're playing and in football, you see them kind of smiling and stuff. Right. I hardly ever see a wrestler like smile or ease up or show a little personality. They're always just so intense. Yeah. It's, it's a different sport. Mm -hmm. There's really no words to describe it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. were you intense or were you kind of laid back? Um, I think I was kind of like right there in the middle. You know, I never, I was growing up. I think when I was younger, I was really intense. Um, right. That's just like that little, that little kid thing, right. You got to put your mean face on and like, you know, bob your head to your mean <laughs> and like intimidate people. Um, you know, but I think as I got older and especially in college, it was kind of like, I performed better when I was relaxed, um, when I had no worries, when I wasn't, you know, getting my heart rate up and trying to intimidate people, which I stopped doing that probably when I was in, you know, middle school. But the fact that if you learn to just, you know, take care of business, right. You don't have to be all tensed up and, you know, so angry looking all the time, like things are going to go better, which is kind of the way it played out for me. Um, when I just learned to relax, I wrestled a lot better and I felt a lot better, which was big for me. I think a lot of people could say that. I mean, I was one that always got so tense before matches. Like I got nervous, like no another, you know, did you, um, so uh, there's like a period where I was nervous. I'd get nervous, um, like when I was younger. And then as I got older, I stopped getting nervous. Like I tried to treat everything just like as a, every match is the same match, you know, whether it's the state finals or I'm treating it as, you know, first round match, right? Just go out and enjoy it. Um, and then like towards the end of my career, I started to get a little bit back, back more that way towards being nervous. Um, and I don't know, it's just maybe because of the position I set myself up in as far as like knowing that, like my name has something behind it now that people are going to, people are looking to be me. Right. Versus my freshman year, like I was a nobody. And so it was really easy. You know, I'd be joking around before, right. And just go out there and just wrestle and having fun and enjoy it. And then, you know, and, and everybody, everybody told me like, Hey, like now that, you know, you, you've all American this year, like people are going to be looking to beat you. And you know, that second and third year, I kind of started to see it like, like I, I was starting to wrestle more like I had stuff to lose, um, which was right. It, it plays a big role in, in how you perform. And that's kind of I, I think that's kind of where, you know, some of my faults start to show up or, you know, just being so tense and like so nervous for things that I didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I all I can always remember, right, if it's a, I have a match and, you know, I'm nervous before and then first period goes by second period i'm fine like i'm like oh well i got my nerves out now so i'm mm-hmm. good or you know maybe that first break in the action um 
you know, we go out of bounds. So I'm like, oh, I'm good now. Right. So it's kind of like just trying to build up that anticipation, just ready to get out there and get it over, get it started so that I can stop worrying about it, I think is what it really was. Because, like I said, I was nervous before, um, you know, towards the end. And then once that whistle blew, I forgot everything about it. And I was a lot more relaxed afterwards. Yeah, you're, I'm just smiling because that's the way it kind of went for me, like. He got so worked up and then, yeah, it started. And then you went out of bounds and you're like, all right, we're doing this, I guess. Like, here we go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, I think it's interesting that you, it was, you said that kind of after your first year when you're all American, that's when you felt the target on your back. Yeah. Um, but you had this early success that I felt people put kind of a target on your back, but you still felt like you were the underdog. I did. Um, I'd say, especially that second year, 133 was like, that was so tough. Yeah, loaded. It was like, I mean, it was me, there's uh, Ethan Lezak, there's there people that are even all American that are coming back, like John Erneste, uh, Tariq Wilson, Luke Pletcher, uh, people that are bumping up, Soriano. Fix was a freshman or, you know, starting that year. Um, RBY was starting that year. Uh, I mean, the name, the list goes on. I think mm-hmm. Urban Myers, like it was, there was 10, 15 guys that could like be top three and we're all wrestling for eight spots. And, you know, that's not even counting the people that are just showing up. So I think that year it was kind of like, like it's going to be tough. And, you know, I, I knew it was going to be tough. Um, you know, obviously I, I did an All-American that year, you know, but I still had that, right, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do better than what I did last year. All right, I'm still going to aim for that. I'm, you know, I'm aiming to do better. I'm here to work. I'm here to, you know, win. Um, and I think kind of coming in with, you know, just knowing how tough it was, it was like, that's why I kind of felt that target on my back or that's why I felt kind of more of like the underdog, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking at that bracket. I think Austin Gomez was in there. Yeah, Austin Gomez. Uh, <laughs> The Santo, I think, was there. Cam Sakura. Um, uh, yeah, DeSanto. Jack Mueller. Like, oh. <laughs> Jack Mueller was there. I think he was at 33 that year. Really? And then he dropped down? You know, he, I think he went down that year to 25. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, those guys that I didn't even name, like Gomez and Sakura and... Um, I mean, the list goes on. Gross right. was there that year. He was, you know, out with injuries. But it's just like, how much tougher can this weight get? <laughs> it has always traditionally been one of the toughest weights. Right, right. <laughs> and, for, you know, to get on the podium even once is just a feat, I think, a lot of people wish they <laughs> wish they could have, they could say. Right, right. Did, did that sink in, like, your first time when you're All-American, you know, you win your blood round and – like, does it hit you then, or do you still realize, like, man, I'm an all American? Hey, I still, <laughs> yeah, I still do that. <laughs> I still do that. Like, oh well, I did all American that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it was a, uh, it was. I don't really know how to put it. It was, it was like a different experience. Like, I remember the match. Like, I can almost recall it without watching it. Like, you know, this happened at this time. You know, this happened at this time, right? I can recall everything that happened. Um, and it's just like over. It was, it was overwhelming when it happened. It was like, wow, I, I did, I did what I've been aiming to do for the last, you know, ten years, fifteen years. I remember always wanting to wrestle on Saturday at the NCAA tournament. You know, and then when I was. I think a 
either going to my freshman year of high school, I went to the NCAA tournament in Oklahoma City in 2014. Or no, I was, I was already in high school, but, you know, 2014 in Oklahoma City, and I was like, this is the, I want to be wrestling on Saturday. And, you know, winning my blood round match that night, I was like, I get to wrestle on Saturday. You know, that's everybody's goal. And the fact that, you know, I, I achieved one of my goals, it's like, that's, that's what I did it for. You know, that's why I did it. And, you know, in a... I didn't make it where I wanted to be, but I made it in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's kind yeah. of how I start to look at it. Yeah, because it is bittersweet. And I think all the you know, wrestling coaches and everyone says that, you know, only 10 guys come away with ultimately what they wanted. Right. But you still got to look at the positive and be like, hey, <laughs> you know, I mean, in one of the toughest weights in the country, I'm I'm the eighth best. So right, you and you break it down from right. There's what 70, 70 something odd division or division one schools in the country. And then there's, you know, 30 got anywhere from 25 to 33 guys on each team. And at the end of the year, there's 80 people that. Yeah. Even all American sass. And it's like it kind of sets it into reality about, you know, what you actually did that year and what you're able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. How long did it take to to look at it that way versus I didn't reach my goal of being a national champ or, you know, of placing higher or doing this? I honestly think it wasn't until after I got like after I was stepped away, like because I mean, you know, I all American that freshman year, the following year I didn't. Um, right. And it was like, I was upset, obviously, you know, I I was not happy with it. Um, and then I go to, you know, 2020, right. Um, my, it's probably, that's probably one of my better years. I was like on pace for what I did my freshman year. Um, you know, I was wrestling good towards the end of the year. I'd had some mistakes, but, you know, I was very confident in what I could do in that following week from big 12s and then right. No more wrestling tournament. And it was like, you know, I sat down for, and it wasn't even immediately after 2020, it was like probably 2021, 2022. Like, you know, I'm talking to kids here at the high school and just in general when I'm, you know, teaching and stuff and when I'm doing camps and, you know, reading off, you know, the, whoever's running the campus reading off what I've done. I'm like, wow. Like, then I start to break it down. Like, oh, there's, you know, 75 schools. There's 30 people on each squad. There's, you know, what? 330 people that qualify every year. And there's out of that 330, there's 80 mm-hmm. Americans, you know, and then you, you think about how many people even wrestle in all you know, divisions of the country or even just, you know, high school wrestlers, right? The percentage of high school wrestlers that make it to college and then the percentage of college wrestlers that all American. It's like, you know, it's it's something special that people yeah. uh, you know, achieve and, you know, no matter the place or, you know, how it happened, I think it's something that deserves that most respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and you kind of touched on something I was going to ask you about is the COVID season, because you were one who was there, who you know, the season got cut short and, or well, I guess there was no tournament, I should say. And how did you find out? How did I find out? Yeah. That there was so, not going to be a tournament. So I think like the night, so we had, um, we had big 12s in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And I knew, it had started like floating around a little bit. I think when we landed in Tulsa, I was sitting in the hotel room and I started seeing tweets about it. And then right when we got there, there was a guy 
I think he might have been like patient two or something that had COVID and was in Tulsa or landed back in Oklahoma, maybe from Oklahoma City or something. And I'm like, oh, dang. Like, oh, well, like, you know, we got a week and a half, two weeks left of the season. We'll be, then it'll be done with. And so we go through Big 12s, fly back. And I think we're in our first cycle. So we usually did like, I think three day cycle with a day off, something like that, something of that nature. And I think we're on our off day and you start seeing, you know, the night before I started seeing um, like NHL, NHL is going to cancel their season, you know, postpone the remainder of their season. And then you see, you know, whatever other sports are doing, I think NBA did it. And then they went to the bubble. Um, and it's like, this can't be that bad. Right. And you start hearing things like, you know, Twitter personality saying like, oh, this is the new proposed thing. They're going to, you know, limit it to four spectators per wrestler. You know, then it's down to two and then it's down to just immediate, you know, family, like, you know, maybe dad, maybe mom. And then they're like, okay, no spectators at all. And so I remember walking upstairs, getting ready for practice. You know, I was going to get, you know, make some eggs or something before practice. And I'm, you know, sitting there cooking, I'm scrolling on Twitter. And I think I saw Bono, I think Chris Bono tweeted and like, Thing he said, you know, this can't be happening. Like, say it isn't so, or something like that. And then I start scrolling, and I see Willie say it, and I'm like, hold on, what? And you know, I think, I think my girlfriend was home, and I'm like, hey, I, I don't know. Like, they're not saying what exactly is happening, but like, this kind of looks like it's not happening, or something's wrong. And probably 10 minutes later, I get a text from Coach Branch and he's like, team meeting at 2.30, right? So that practice at three, team meeting at 2.30. So I'm like, that's got to be what it is. So we walk in and, you know, we're sitting in the team room and he tells us and he's like, you know, it's, we were trying to figure out ways to, you know, have this tournament, you know, moving it up, you know, earlier or, you know, trying to modify it to where there wasn't going to be anybody other than that, you know, the athletes that are competing and the coaches, but, you know, they're not having it. So like that was when, I think it was maybe that Tuesday because we were going to fly out that Thursday maybe and go out to, um, or no, we're going to fly out that Wednesday. I think this might've been Monday. We're going to fly out and get ready to wrestle, but it's just like, what do I do now? And, you know, I, I remember that night, pretty sure everybody on the team came over to my house and we kind of hung out and we're like, what do we do? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> what do we do now? It's like, do we stay here? Like, cause at that point we're on spring break or they had just started spring break, spring break. And they're saying like, you know, don't come back to school for this amount of days right? we're going to modify it the rest of the school year. And it's just like, well, I guess I'm going to go home, you know? So I think I stayed in Laramie a couple of days and then, uh, made the drive home. And I know they were, we were having like team meetings on zoom and kind of talking about, Hey, you know, don't get out of shape. Like we might have this tournament in two weeks or something. So, you know, obviously I'm, I'm continuing to work out. Um, not so much wrestling, but, you know, a lot of running and, you know, just weight training and kind of trying to manage my weight just in case it does happen, you know, and then a couple weeks later, it's like, okay, it's not happening. It's just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what are we going to do now? It's the whole season. We got up till the last, you know, week of season. We got up to the last tournament and then we can't compete. Like we can't just figure something out. You know, we can't move this to a different site where it's, you know, just at a university with a small group of guys and just wrestle in a gym. Like, you know, it was kind of just like a situation that was, that obviously we've never seen before. And it's, you know, trying to find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. 
Dang. And you drove home. How far of a drive is that? Uh, it's about 10 and a half hours, 10. Um, yeah, it's about 700, 800 miles. What did you do that for those, you know, I'm just picturing just like, I'm like just driving in silence. Like, I don't even know. You know? It, was, it was a, I'm, I, I just remember driving home and for the next two months, like I just, I, I didn't do anything. I mean, I worked out. I mean, that's pretty much all I could do. Mm-hmm. Worked out pretty much, you know, every day and then um, play video games. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it was, you know, there's nothing else to do. You mm-hmm. know, there's, telling us to stay inside and it's like, well, you know, I guess I can go outside and run, but that's about it. And, you know, stay away from people. So and what video of, game did you play? That's when Warzone got really big. So oh, okay. everybody was playing Warzone, you know, yeah. friends that my friends that had Xboxes in high school that hadn't touched it since were, Oh, I'm getting Warzone. So, you know, there's 10 of us hopping on trying to play. <laughs> <laughs> it was no bad. Yeah. <laughs> We get on at like eight or nine PM and play till two or three in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I go to bed, wake up, work out, and do it all over again. So mm-hmm. that was my that was my life for like two <laughs> <eight> days. <laughs> that was a lot of people's lives for a while. Um, and then that ended up being the last, like the those Big Twelves. Like that was the last time you wrestled. Right. Yeah, it was. Um. Did you envision that that's the way? Not obviously you couldn't envision that how it was going to end, but when you didn't, when that tournament didn't happen and afterwards, did you, when did you realize like, Hey, I don't think I'm going to take my red shirt year. So it had been something that was like kind of in my mind, like just like an idea of like, you know, regard like this is before COVID was even mm-hmm. was kind of just like, you know, I'm in this year's school. Like, what should I do? Um, you know, where is my focus starting to lean towards? And then once it happened, right, it wasn't just like all of a sudden like, oh, not not covered, not wrestling next year, right? This is this was thought of for a long time. Um which I think people get that wrong. I think people think I was just like so impulsive, like, oh yeah, not wrestling next year. Mm-hmm. You know, this was like something that I thought about for <laughs> Well, it was March, April, May, June, July. It was four months, right? I thought about this probably every day for four months. And, right, it was just like, you know, that day I was like, okay, you know. And I I talked to some people about, you know, my what my decision might be and kind of how they went through like a similar thing. Like, you know, hey, I got this job opportunity that I should try to do, but I like what I'm doing here, but this is really good or this is like a change of pace that I need, you know, what did you do? Oh, you know, well, you know, for two weeks, you know, I came in every day to work, like today's the day I'm quitting. Right. And thinking about, you know, what does this mean for me? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for those around me? And will I be content with walking away right now or should I force myself to stay and enjoy it? Um, and that's kind of like the, the approach I took, like, like I said, for those four months, just like, think about it. What do I want to do? And, you know, I, th- I think I, after weighing the odds, it kind of was, you know, better, a better choice for me to step away, especially at that time. Right. It was, I was probably the best segue for me to do it. You know, COVID, um, you know, that was just like, a, it was a long draining year. And I think that was probably the best opportunity for me to make the decision that I did. Yeah. Gosh, I'm just envisioning trying even attempting to make a decision like that. Like one day I would feel like, yeah, I'm done. This is it. And then right. another day you're like, oh, no, I, that fire is still there. Right. You know, and just 
ping ponging back and forth. Yeah, that's how it was a lot. I, you know, if I see a, like if I saw a wrestling video or something, like I'm scrolling through YouTube and I see a, a Jordan, Jordan Burroughs motivation montage. I'm like, why, why is this popping up? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm going like, to, I watch it and I'm like, ah, dang, I do enjoy it. Right. It, obviously I love the sport and if I, I wouldn't have done it that long, you know, I was three when I started and stopped when mm-hmm. I was, two, you know, if I didn't love the sport, I would have done it. Um, you know, but I think with, you know, just the things that were going on, what I was feeling, you know, it was better decision for what I, the way I did it and, you know, how I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think kind of something you alluded to a little bit between the lines, like, um, and we talked, touched on it before we started, like what you had to go through to even be a student athlete, you were, what year were you, were you a senior? Were you graduating? No. So, so I finished school early, right? I, mm-hmm. I got my, I graduated high school in 2016. I got my bachelor's in 2019. Um, so wow, three years. Yeah. So three years. So I still had, so that was my junior year. Um, that, yeah, that'd been my junior year. Then I would have had another year following that. And then I would have the COVID year. So I have two years. I could have wrestled this last season. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So right. I spent two more years following COVID and so it's like, you know, what do I want to do? Um, and so that's why it's kind of like the hardest, like I still have two more years. Like it'd be different if it was one year, but like, this is two whole years. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I had talked to people previously about, you know, um, stepping away at different times and just like hearing the things that people said, it's like, you know, you don't, this is, this is your decision, right? This is what's going to affect you and, you know, 10 years, are you going to be happy in 10 years? Like knowing that you stepped away from something, um, you know, are you going to be, are you going to be content or fulfilled? Um, you know, you don't owe anybody else anything, right? This is, you've done, you've came here, you've done certain things that nobody else has done and things that people are going to do. Um, this is about you. And so I kind of took that into play, you know, even though it was, you know, a while, you know, year, two years later that I'm hearing this or, you know, that, that COVID situation happened. Um, but right. It was, it was a big, it was a big decision. And like, I kind of had to put everything into play, um, you know, thinking about, you know, what the consequences of it were going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, you would have to go back and be a student. You probably would have had to get into the master's program. Why? Well, I, so I did that, that, that year I was in the master's program. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I had one more year of, uh, graduate school, um, in which I finished that in 2021. But yeah, I was like in between schools. I was in the middle of school and it's just like, what do I do? <laughs> what did, what did you get your bachelor's in? And then what did you get your master's in? I got my bachelor's in criminal justice mm-hmm. and I got my master's in um, public administration with an emphasis in criminal justice. Okay. Yeah. And nice. So public administration is that, that would probably tailor you more towards like being like a county sheriff or something, or it's kind of more. So the, the, the MPA, it's called the MPA program at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. It's really designed to teach you the correct leadership skills to run, you know, a nonprofit or a, um, some type of government organization. Right. You know, and not, not just like, how do you manage money when money is not your main focus? Um, but more or less like, how do you, how do you be a good leader? Right. How do I lead, you know, if I'm the chief of police over here, how do I lead these, you know, 
70, 100 guys under me in the right direction, right? How do I be, you know, a leader yet still a person that, that understands, right? I'm not some robot up here, right? I have to be able to right treat you like a human, right? And treat you how I'd want to be treated, but yet run a, you know, a successful organization. That's kind of what I, what I tell people when people ask what an MPA is, that's kind of what it was, right? It was mm-hmm. learning organizational management um, and a lot of leadership stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what are you so are you a police officer now i am oh cool cool um did that weigh a little bit and why you went to wyoming because they have criminal justice program um not really when did you figure out you wanted to be a police officer so it's been it's been a long time yeah (laughs) like like i said my dad uh or i didn't i didn't say it my dad was He's been in law enforcement for 19, 20 years. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, there's not a day that I don't remember him, you know, being a, a, he works at the sheriff's office. There's not a day that I don't remember him being, you know, working at the sheriff's office. Um, Then I have an uncle that's in law enforcement. My, my uh, great grandfather, he was a police officer here in Altus, you know, before I was born. So like, that's kind of all I knew. And that's kind of all I know. Like, I don't know, besides being in law enforcement, I don't really know what I would do, you know, Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, I'd probably coach wrestling. That'd probably be my other thing. But, um, you know, just like that's that's the only thing I thought of that or like maybe going to law school. Uh, not too big on that. But yeah, I don't really like I just, I just can't sit inside. I like to move around. <laughs> yeah. um, a couple things that pop into my head about police officers. Um, do you like do, do they just drive around sometimes and just hang out, I guess, looking for something that might be going wrong, you know? Cause I yeah. see him, you know, you watch him just drive around sometimes like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? It, it kind of depends on the department and kind of what that, how self-initiated that, that person is. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's, you'll from any department anywhere in the country, you'll find the people that are there to collect a paycheck. Right. Yeah. Five, go home, come back, do it the next day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. Those people that are there, like that are chasing stuff. Like I'm here to do good work. Um, you know, I, I want to make that difference. And so, Right. You see people, you see officers in like that same area all the time, all day. Right. It's probably because it's a a high crime area. Um, You know, there's there's things that there's police procedures and tactics that are directed at those certain things. So it's like, right, if, if there's this a lot of times call volumes come from, you know, one singular area. Right. So. Mm where I'm at, a lot of it happens, you know, in the South central part of town, um, or the Southwest part of town. Right. So especially at night when it's, uh, you know, a few officers on, right. It's, we try to hang out in a certain area because that's where our call volume is going to come from. Right. And by hanging out there, we can either prevent stuff from happening or gives the opportunity to have a, a quicker arrival time. Right. Versus me being on the North side of town where it's going to take me seven, eight, minutes to get you know where i need to go versus if i'm there it takes me a minute and a half right 30 mm-hmm. seconds um that's kind of the rhyme or reason most of the time you see people or you see officers like in certain spots or doing things like that mm-hmm. how do you um how do you get how do i say this um you know most of the time when you think of a police officer you know they're like this big some mostly you know maybe bald burly guy who looks like he's just gonna tackle you know and then here comes you a little bit smaller 135 pounds you know and they're like oh you know but little do they know (laughs) you can can take them down but you know do you get kind of like that sideways look like hmm 
kind of small or you know what no, do you you know, I, I i really haven't um you know when i, I worked in the uh so i worked in the sheriff's office before this i worked in the jail and i know one time one of the deputies was saying like oh you know this one of the the guys that one of the inmates i brought in was like oh they got some small there's some small you know correctional officers here mm-hmm. and you know he was like yeah you may think they're small but you know that one right there you don't want to mess with him and you know it's kind of like oh like and i think he was like okay never mind and but i think a lot of it just like the way you carry yourself right you know obviously i'm smaller stature um and you know most people would probably think that you need to try to assert some dominance over people when you go to you know these certain things um but i i honestly think it's the opposite right if you show up and you you act you treat them like a normal person right you're doing your job they're doing what they do you treat them like a normal person with the respect and it's just like you know a lot a lot of it tends to to go a lot better than what people think mm-hmm. right i haven't had any issues um you know with anything really anything of, of that nature so you know hopefully it, it continues to go that way <laughs> yeah but and, like i like i said i'm very confident in what you know what i'm capable of and mm-hmm. what i need to be but until i need to act like that i don't i'm not going to show it you know i'm not going to go out and try to make a, a spectacle of myself like oh i'm <laughs> if i can do this and that but you know I'd rather they call it like verbal judo, right? Being able to talk to people and right. Somebody's trying to. If somebody's. There's been a lot of situations where people have, you know, been wound up and, you know, very angry. And it's just like you talk to them in a calm, normal voice, like, "Hey, like, man, why are you acting like this? You know, mm-hmm. like I'm an adult, you're an adult. Let's talk like normal adults." And then they're just like, "Oh, all right." Uh, you know, just it, it works a lot. It really does. Yeah, and not trying to compare the two. But um, I worked in customer service for a while and I'd get a really upset customer. And so, yes, talking to them and and also kind of like even just apologizing that like this is the situation. And obviously you're not going to be like, well, I'm sorry you're in this situation, sir. But, you know, that just set them that just really calmed them down. Like, wow. okay. someone said they're sorry. Okay. All right. Let's like take care of business. A lot of time. That's all. That's all anybody ever wants is to be like to be told like, oh. You were right. Sure. Sorry. You're this right. Sucks. Yeah. That, that, I mean, yeah, you don't want to have to do that all the time, but right. that's what it takes. And that's a lot, that's how you get, you know, the good outcomes most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much does that uniform weigh? I think the other day it was like with everything on, I was probably 180, 180 pounds with it on. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm like 150, so I put on a I put on a few pounds since college, but um, it, it kind of depends on who you are and what you like to wear on your stuff, you know. Really? What do you mean? What you like to wear? You can wear, not, you don't wear the same thing, right? So everybody is kind of like different. You kind of you kind of pick and choose your equipment, right? You can, um, you know, people carry four magazines. Some people carry two. Um, people carry a taser. Some people don't. Some people carry a baton. Others won't. You know, things like that. And, hmm. you know, ounces make pounds and pounds yeah. make pains. So, you know, the less <laughs> you can carry with still being effective, the better. Yeah. I feel like this kind of um, intertwines with wrestling in terms of, you know, police officers have to find a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And with wrestling, you kind of had to find your work-life balances too. You know, right. wrestling being your work, you know, how has that kind of been? Because you can probably work all all night. Obviously, police officers are on 24-7, and no days off. Right. So how do you kind of balance that a little bit at this point? Uh, it's, it's still very similar to wrestling for me. Um, you know, go to work, 
you know, 10 hour, eight hour shift, 10 hour shift, whatever it is. Um, but a lot of it is like just being able to decompress. Uh, like in college, you know, my thing was like video games, you know, I go work out, get our practice about 6.30, you know, go f- get some food, do a little bit of homework. And then, you know, the last few hours of my night or I'm going to play video games because that's something that relaxes me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like in a way it's like a different world, right? Like this is reality and this is virtual reality. It's something that's not real and I can enjoy it. Um, that's kind of, I think, and not even just in law enforcement, I think it's kind of anything, anybody's, you know, profession in life. Like you got to have a life outside of what you do for work. You know, it, it makes it a lot easier to go in and enjoy what you do. You know, if you're all day thinking about, right. If I'm a, if I'm a math, mathematician, right. If I, and I'm just at work, you know, pound out eight hours of numbers, then I go home and, you know, pound out another four, you know, that's, that's 12 hours of my day just doing numbers. Mm-hmm. Right? That's four on top of when I'm not getting paid for it. Right. So, you know, the, the more times you can find hobbies to do other things or, you know, just like I said, decompress, like working out, that's kind of, I, I like to work out, you know, it's try to do something every day. So and it, it kind of puts you in that different mindset. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, just as long as people can find something like that, it, it life goes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also another thing that I thought of that makes them kind of similar is we talked about it. You can be intense during the match, but then off, off the mat, you can be calm, cool, collected friends with, you know, moody when you're a police officer, you have to, yes, you have to be a little intense, but when you're off duty, you know, you can relax a little bit, you know, kind of separating the two worlds, if you will. Right. Yeah. It's that's, I think that's the biggest part and with burnout in any type of profession, right. Being able to separate the two and right. Have that, that fine line um, to say, right, right now I'm this and eight hours are going to be this and then leave it alone. Right. Unless it's like a dire need or, you know, a necessity. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you have sometimes there's just going to be a time where you take something home with you. Right. Unfortunately, whatever that might be. And that's always tough trying to, you know, you're going to carry things probably for the rest of your life that you didn't expect to carry. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a special, it's a special field of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because on the flip side, you'll also carry some good things for the rest of your life that you right. probably didn't expect to carry. Exactly. So, and just like with wrestling, you know, there's state champions that you're going to carry. Hey, I'm a two-time state champ. I'm an All-American. But then there's also those other, I didn't win it four times. Right. I didn't All-American more. So, yeah, there's those, you know, there's always those things or those, you know, like losses that are going to eat at you. And it's just like, you know, I, I you know, you're going to think about them all the time. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, like coaching high school kids, like, <laughs> Coaching high school kids is the toughest thing because social media right now it's it's everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if they want to get under your skin, they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll find stuff. They'll find your old matches, and <laughs> they will they will show you. And it's like, I can't do anything about it, right? It happened, and I wasn't thinking about it for the last you know two years. And then you know, little Johnny over here wants to bring it up, and I'm just like, put your phone away. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do that to you. So they'll be like, Hey coach, check out this match. I found. Yeah. It's a, uh, I think it's kind of like the relationship I built with the kids. Cause I've, 
these kids that are in high school right now, I've been, I've been around them for a while. So during the summers, you know, I do camps still. And then I would always do camps when I was in college and I always did one here. And so I meet these kids when they were, you know, sixth graders. And so now they're like freshmen and, uh, Hmm. freshmen, sophomore juniors. And it's like, it's almost like more of like a friendship rather than a coach, right? One FaceTime, one FaceTimes me all the time. And (laughs) Like, like I appreciate, like I, I appreciate that that we're that close that you can Facetime me, but don't Facetime me. Like I don't, I don't answer any Facetime, just random Facetime. You know, you need to text me first and say, "Hey, are you busy?" Um, but that's that's kind of like the relationship it's been, and you know, I know they don't mean. It, it's kind of like what I would probably do with my friends back in high school. Yeah. Right? If one of them had something embarrassing happen, right. I'm going to bring it up every now and like, Oh, you remember that? And so I think that's kind of what they're looking at me as is like, yeah, I'm their coach every now and then, but you know, he's somebody that I can talk to about real stuff and somebody that I can joke and kid with. Yeah. Cause you have been through quite a bit, you know, or you've, you've been through adversity, you yeah. know, yeah. as everyone deals with and, um, you know, never know what path is the right path. So it's always good to ask as much, many people as you can get as much opinions as you can. Right. Right. And that, yeah, that adversity, it's a, it's, it's hard, but it's, I, I think a lot of times it's, it's needed, obviously yeah. right? needed to, in order to grow and, you know, kind of get back, get to where you want to get to in the long run. Can you pinpoint one point of adversity that, you know, that you really struggled with that you look back on? Um, you know, I, I'd say when I was coming into my second year, um, 2018, 2019, like that was, that was like a really tough year. Um, my record wasn't as good. I think I was 31 and 10. Uh, you know, I just had like a lot of like rough stuff going on, like nothing like personal wise. Right. But it was just like, I wasn't performing the way I wanted to. And like, I lost like some questionable matches that I shouldn't have. And like, you know, you get to that point where like, it's almost like a breaking point that you get to. Right. And, you know, I hadn't told anybody about it until one of my buddies got married last month or in August, you know, and (laughs) I don't know why, but they made everybody go around like, Oh, give your, you know, a time that, you know, you and Branson were, uh, you know, Branson was, Branson meant something, not meant something to you, but a special moment that you and Branson had, right? And mm-hmm. and I don't think anybody knew this other than me and Branson. And I don't even know if he remembered it, but, you know, it was, I lost, maybe I lost another in Nebraska at home. And like, it just hurt. I don't know. It, I mean, all my losses hurt, but this one like really hurt. And like Branson was that person that was there for me. And, you know, I, I told him and like, <laughs> I told everybody I was like, yeah, I don't, nobody sees me cry. Like I don't shed tears, mm-hmm. but you know, this is, I think that maybe that was like the first time, uh, that anybody there had seen me like actually shed tears, right? I put my shades on though so I could see them. So, (laughs) but right. It was like, I think that was like my, my big adversity was that second year um, of starting. Right. Cause I went from, you know, that freshman year I was, I think my record ended up being like 35 and seven, something, something, it was a good, it was a good year. Yeah. And then I turned on this next year and I remember wrestling at the Vegas tournament. This was after that, uh, you know, that loss at home to Nebraska. And at the end of the Vegas tournament, I ended up getting six, which it was, it was a tough tournament that year. And my record was like, I was eight and six. 
And like, that's like, I remember looking at my record afterwards and I was like, dang, that this is like, this is a tough year. You know, I'm eight and six already. Or it was something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wrestled, I think I wrestled maybe nine matches at Vegas. Cause I wrestled, I lost my first round match. Um, and then I wrestled all the way back and got six, you know? So I was six and three that tournament. And it was just, it was rough, but you know, I, I figured out a way to deal with it and, you know, how to manage my way through it. And, you know, like I said, at the end of the year, I didn't get what I wanted, but I definitely became, you know, a lot more conscious of stuff. And I, I think mentally I was a lot tougher, mm-hmm. um, you know, having gone through that adversity, right. Cause like I said, the year before really wasn't much adversity as far as things that just, you know, just like hit me somewhere, you know, like, yeah, I had my losses, but it was just like, ah, I'm a freshman. Like I'm, I'm going to lose to these guys right right now, you know, but when times comes, I'm going to, I'm going to beat those guys, but this was just different. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to kind of ask what, what made it different or what, like what made this, that loss. Can you, do you know exactly what, or an idea of what made that one so cut so deep? I don't really know. It was just, I think it was just one of those matches where I was like, I do not, I'm not, I'm not supposed to lose that match. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just one of those clear cut matches where I, I'm on paper nine times out of 10, I'm winning that. Right. And I just didn't. And I don't, I don't really know what, I don't know what it was. I mean, I think maybe because, you know, I saw my, you know, I saw my teammates like wrestling well, and it's just like, I couldn't fill in that piece that, you know, may have switched it all, you know, switched the momentum of something. Right. I think, um, Cole Werner wrestled the match for me and I think he beat, he beat Moisey and it's like, I'm following that match up and I can't, I can't win my match. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, and then Branson beat, um, a kid that had beat him twice the year before. And it's just like, things are falling in the right place and I can't, I can't follow it up. Right. You know, as I usually did, you know, before that year before, like I was pretty like automatic, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out and wrestle hard and I'm going to win, you know, but this year it just wasn't happening. It's just like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that played into that, you know, just that year being the way it was, um, that kind of led me down that. Yeah. And what, when did you, so when did you start turning it around and start feeling a little more momentum shift the other way where you're like, all right, you know, I'm starting to feel like my old self. Yeah. So I, I think it was actually the Vegas tournament, you know, after that first match, I lost the first match to Noah Gonzer from Campbell and which he ended up, he turned out tough. I think at that point when I wrestled, he wasn't ranked, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I lost a loss the week before or was it the week before lost to the Brazil kid. He wasn't ranked. And then I lost to Gonzer, who wasn't ranked in the first round at Vegas. And I remember that match after him, it was just like EK, Ethan Kyle, right? He was my, he was like him and Tion were like my guys. And um, I remember sitting there just like, I don't know what is going on, right? I just didn't feel good. Like my body just wasn't right, you know? And I don't know, maybe it was like some mental stuff, like just trying to like, put all this stuff together like what's going on trying to figure it out right i couldn't figure it out and ek came and talked to me you know while i was sitting on the ground after my match and i think what what he said he said um he's like okay what are you thinking i was like i don't know what's going on i really don't 
Like, and I, I think at that point, right, I wanted to like get up and just walk. Like, I, I wanted to just get up and just leave and just get lost on the Vegas Strip, right? That's mm-hmm. that's literally what I was thinking. Like, I just want to leave. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. And EK came over, and you know, he was like, he's like, I'm gonna tell you what I think, right? I'm gonna be honest right now. And he said, you're not wrestling like you wrestle. He was like, last year, we couldn't get you to stop attacking. We couldn't stop you to get trying to, we couldn't stop, keep you from trying to score, um, right? You were a hundred miles per hour all the time. And that year, I, you know, and that I look back at it, right? I wasn't the same, right? I was, I think I was more, um, you know, thinking about like my conditioning, like not that my conditioning was bad, but just like my fatigue that I would get in matches like earlier, you know, the Cowboy Open and a couple of duels, right? My fatigue was like really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because of the weight and the, the muscle that I put on that summer, but like my weight cuts just weren't going good. And I think I was trying to conserve my energy. So, you know, I was more, some more a little bit more defensive and, you know, it kind of, it that, that me wrestling defensive kind of, like, kind of played into people's games, right? Like, you know, the year before it's like, you're not going to outscore me. Or, you know, if you're going to beat me, right, the score is going to be 15 to 20, mm-hmm. right? You know, however, this year it was, right, I'm losing matches 3-1, like, and, you know, I was being offensive. And he told me that. And he's like, you're not being offensive. You're not attacking, right? You know, last year you are like a dog on a bone, right? You're not doing that. And so, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense, right? And so next match I wrestled like – I wrestled like I, how I had been wrestling, right? And it was just go, go, go. And I think I got a tech fall. And then I think I majored another kid and then majored another kid that same night. And I was like, okay, now I feel better. You know, and then the next day I, I wrestled, um, I wrestled Pletcher that day, lost to Pletcher in overtime. Was it overtime? Yeah, it was overtime. You know, all my matches with him were close though. So kind of like, you know, it's kind of what I expected. And then um, I wrestled John Ernest and lost to him. But it was like, I felt more, I felt better. I felt better about myself. I wrestled a lot better. You know, I was kind of there more like, I was going out and taking something, right? Rather than sitting back and letting them come to me. And I think that's kind of, the Vegas tournament's kind of where things kind of turned around, right? I went from, you know, like I said, I had six, I had six losses at that point. And then I think I won the rest of those matches that year up until I think I lost another match in between there and big 12s, but right. It was like one or mat one match here, one match there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that Vegas tournament was, it was kind of big for my confidence and stuff, which mm-hmm. like I said, I don't I mean, most people don't understand. Like, I've never really told people that, you know, things that happen like that. And <laughs> You know, I think it makes a big difference, right? Being able to like share the stories of, yeah, I struggled. You know, I, I it may not look like it on the surface, but you know, underneath, like I I struggled at times, and you know, I had to work my way through it. And right, you're gonna struggle, so don't be a, don't be afraid of the struggle, right? Find the struggle, embrace it, and then you know, find those people around you um, that are gonna help you get through it, right? That are gonna push you up, lift you up, and help you get through that struggle. <laughs> And I've said it better myself, you know, and that's, that's part of the reason why I like to do this is because um, even the best of the best struggle at some point and have to battle through it, you know, and so I'm just reaching out to as many different people as I can and just be like, yeah, what? so I appreciate you just being so candid about it and open to yeah. sharing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you're not a big share, but I mean, <laughs> right. Right. You know, the fact that if I can, 
you know, open up and like tell people things that obviously other people are going through this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, the diamond in the rough that, oh, I experienced this and right. This is probably nine out of 10 people on a college wrestling team mm-hmm. or if not 10 out of 10, right. It's everybody's like going to face these issues. Right. And if I can say something like, Hey, I had, I did have some success and I went through that stuff. Right. And you can do it too. Right. And you can do it better than I did. And right, that's kind of what I want to do is just being able to have the platform to talk and, you know, let people know that it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is right. It's wrestling. At the end of the day, it doesn't mean too much, honestly, right? It's, right. Uh, do it for fun, so. Mm-hmm. Right, yes, exactly. You know, there's, and that's the other reason why I like to do this is because I also like to highlight what else, what else you're doing because you're not just a wrestler, you're a person who right. is doing some other cool stuff. Um, right. So, and I felt like that, you know, I had a lot of pressure for, for whatever reason. I put a lot of pressure on myself and my heart rate would always get way up and I mean, yeah. Oof. roller coaster. I think that's where most of it comes from, right? It comes from, you know, just what we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember like what the quote, the exact quote was, but I, it might've been Kel Sanderson that said it like, um, you know, you kids that are wrestling, right? Don't, don't think that, don't think for a second that you're not making your parents proud when you go out there and compete, right? Your parents are proud the second you step on the mat, right? It's, so don't put that pressure on yourself that you have to impress everybody else, mm-hmm. right? And I know my parents were, you know, now that I look back, now that I look back at it, it's like my parents enjoyed much watching me wrestle no matter what, mm-hmm. whether I went won or lost, right? If I go out there and perform, they're gonna be, you know, happy with it. You know, there wasn't a match where I came off, my dad was just, and I, and uh, college where my dad was like, that was, you know, terrible, you know, that was a waste of time, right? He never said that, mm-hmm. um, you know? matches when I lost he's like hey you wrestled fine like what do you think you know it's just like and it was it was all the pressure I was putting on myself mm-hmm. uh, and nothing coming from anybody else right it wasn't coming from my coaches wasn't coming from teammates anything like that it was all from me <clears throat> and you know I think the fact that I kind of wish I would have realized it earlier you know right. uh, then it would have been a lot better mm-hmm. right and then uh, you know on the flip side the other thing I like to think about is I like to do this for also the fans to kind of take it easy, you know, on, on some of these yeah. wrestlers and these kids, cause they are college, you know, it's kids, if you will, they're adults, you know, but they're going through some stuff and you never know why they, you know, you see them run out there and they don't perform and you, Oh, you suck or whatever, you know, and you bash them on Twitter or wherever. And it's like, man, you know, you just never know. Yeah. Like I remember, right. It, it's a sport, right. It's, it's for entertainment. This isn't mm-hmm. life or death. Um, I remember we wrestled Utah Valley at like our outreach duel. We wrestled in, I think we wrestled in Green River. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. Where, where Cole Vern is from. Or, yeah. Cole Vern is actually from Rock Springs. He won't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I remember wrestling that day and I wrestled Lamont. And mm-hmm. I've never college. I never gave up any bonus points. Right. Right. When I wrestled hard <laughs> and he hit me with a lefty headlock. Right. Ooh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a good one. I, I get props. It was a good headlock mm-hmm. and it, he pinned me. And I remember like, just like what, what the heck happened. Right. And mm-hmm. just like, I don't think I showed my face rest of that duel. You know, I sat in the corner kind of like under the stands and kind of just watched from there. Right. Cause my team was killing it. I think everybody won their match except for me you know, maybe our 25 pounder, but just like how, like, I felt so like I was letting everybody down. And I remember going back and looking at my phone, my dad had texted me. Right. And 
he was like, oh, I don't know if you saw the news, but you know, Kobe Bryant passed away in the helicopter accident. Right. And he's like, don't let, you know, this wrestling match, you know, wow. play this big of a part in what your life is or what your life is going to be. Right. Kobe Bryant died. Right. People are dying. You lost a wrestling match. Okay. It's not a big deal. And I think at that point I was like, wow, like that kind of brings it into perspective of what, right. What sports are right. They're an outlet for a lot of people and they're important to us. But at the end of the day, it's, it's nothing. Right. Um, there's a lot there's a lot bigger things going on in this world. Um, that I think it kind of, for me anyways, being an athlete, it kind of, it helps me to not criticize people so much when things happen. Right. When I'll watch, uh, like if I go to a restaurant and I'm watching a game and you hear people like, Oh, the kicker missed the field goal. I'm like, Oh, the kicker sucks. Like you said, and it's just like, <laughs> like, I don't care how much you kick, like <laughs> you're going to miss the field goal. <laughs> yeah. And, right. I've wrestled for 20 years. And I got put in a headlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's 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 rare, but it's gonna happen. And so you, you can't take everything out on people, right? It's right. there's always that chance for error and it happens. And mm-hmm. like that's why I kinda appreciate, you know, being, you know, an athlete at that level. Like I understand things go wrong sometimes, you just don't have an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, as you were kind of alluding to earlier, things just sometimes for whatever reason, you don't feel right, you know, and it's weird to explain unless you've actually been there where you're just like, God, I just don't feel 100 percent. Don't know what it is. I'm not sick, not whatever, but I just don't feel today just does not feel right. Yeah. And you still got to go out and perform. Right. Right. You got, you know, these 1500 people up here, you know, expecting you to be a hundred percent all the time. Right. And in wrestling, you're very few people are 90%. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's any college wrestler that I come out and say, yeah, man, I felt a hundred percent, nothing in my body hurt. You know, I felt great. You know, I, I don't think there's any wrestler that's going to say that. Um, but like everybody, those 1500 people that are watching you for some reason they you know, they expect that mm-hmm. uh, they expect you to be hundred percent. They expect you to be ready to go at 24 seven. Right. I'm not, you know, we're, we're college. Athletes. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to school and I'm, you know, yeah. having to manage my weight. I'm having to, you know, keep my grades up. I'm having to have good grades. I'm having, te- I had three tests this week and then I got to lose 12 pounds. Like things are, things are tough. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yes. Um, I want to end on a high note here though. Um, did you ever have a class with Josh Allen? I did not. No, no. I had, um, I had a class with Logan Wilson. You know, what Logan Wilson is, is he, is he a cornerback in the NFL? He plays, um, linebacker for the Bengals linebackers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So- I had a, I, I talked to him every now and then, right? I talk to him on Instagram or whenever I'm back in Laramie, sometimes he'll be there and I'll see him and we'll chat. And he actually signed a jersey for me. Really? Man for that, yeah. And uh, I remember I had a class with him and it was, what was it? Athletic training, right? I'm a criminal justice, I'm criminal justice right? Never took right. any science class or nothing like anatomy. And I remember going to this, going going to my advisor and I'm like, hey, I heard athletic training was pretty easy. Like, can I do it? Because this was the last year for my bachelor's. I was like, I just needed like three credits. I need <laughs> some class to throw in. So he's like, oh yeah, you know, the, the, the soccer girls say it's easy because all the soccer girls are kinesiology majors and things like that, right? So he's like, yeah, we'll put you in there, right? 
So I get notes from my girlfriend because she took the class the year before and she's like, yeah, it's easy. And so I'm sitting there the first day and the teacher's like, yeah, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, if you haven't taken anatomy, you probably need, you probably should have taken anatomy before this. Cause I, I honestly thought it was going to like go in there learn how to tape an ankle, learn how to tape a wrist. <laughs> it was like nothing like that. And he was in that class, but like, I didn't make it past that day. I, I went to the teacher and I was like, Hey, uh, like I'm, I, I wrestle, you know, in winter is like our big, you know, competition time. So we'll be gone a lot. Um, like what is your policy on stuff? And she's like, Oh, like, yeah, I, I work with you guys. I was the athletic trainer for university of Maryland wrestling. So I, I know how it gets. Um, and then she said something along the lines of, did you take anatomy? And I was like, no, nah, this is like my, I never, I didn't take a science class in college other than like, um, I think it was current issues in biology or something like that. <laughs> she's like, oh, I don't know why they put you guys in these classes and you haven't even taken anatomy. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to stay in this class. Yeah. <laughs> I think if, if I went, I left that classroom immediately went to the, uh, the athletic, the athletic building academics. And I was like, yeah, can I go ahead and change it? Like that car's going to be really hard. And what I really don't want to do this, this winter. So let me find something else. What, what else did you take? Um, for, for that semester, I took, man, I took a, I know I took, I think I took a gangs class, maybe that semester. And then a, some type of community corrections class. A gangs class? Yeah, gangs. Yeah. Um, and then I took um, introduction to African-American studies, which was like a great class. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher was like really good. And he was like very hands on with like actually learning stuff and, you know, learning history um, that we that I didn't really get taught. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the gang class was it was more like, you know, learning why people join gangs rather than, you know, Oh, this is these are the bloods, these are the crips. Right. You know, these are, you know, vice lords. Like this was more of like, you know, people how they get their introduction into it and you know what what it means to some people, right? Most of us look at it like, ah, oh, dude, you're dumb for joining a gang. But you know, to some people it really does I'm not gonna say it makes sense, but you understand why, right? There's there's a reason to their why. And right, I, I wouldn't know that life. I wouldn't know because I didn't have to live that life, which I'm appreciative of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> that sounds like an interesting class. Yeah, it, was it would cool. be. Yeah, and then what was the other one? The uh, African American Studies. Is that yeah, what that yeah. was? African American Studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, what? Um, I, we. The last thing I'll ask is we talked about your. You know, the one that stands out um, negatively. What about positively on the other side? What's the one moment from all your wrestling experiences, or a couple moments where you look back on it and you're just like fills you with joy like that's that's an awesome moment that i remember oh man um i think there's probably a couple right Mm. like all american freshman year i think that was great um getting voted first team in 2020 was great uh it's kind of like like that's like one of those bittersweet moments like i really wish i would have gotten to wrestle that last tournament but you know since you're gonna give me this like i'll take it Mm -hmm. um but i think like one of their better moments and i hope he sees this video i'm gonna share it with him it's uh i was a freshman and like i said i struggled like freshman years running and Tion, he always had it. He always made us do like this, 
what is it a stadium run so you know we're running just from the bottom row to the top right sprints mm-hmm. and carrying people and stuff like that and hops and we're we're getting we're running and you know tion's like all right we got one more right and um i'm like the guys were like oh well, why do we have one more and they're like oh tion's like because the heavyweights right and so i'm like okay thank god thank god he didn't blame it on me <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say any names, but mm-hmm. he's like, he's like, no, nah, we're running because of you. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, did you not just hear him? And uh, one of the other guys, he's like, he's like, no, you need to shut up and respect your elders and, you know, not talk back. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah, bro, you're not about to talk to me like that. <laughs> and uh, so we run up this next, we, we run this next sprint and long story short me and him got into a fight on the stairs as i'm coming down and he's going up and like i hated him before this moment like i absolutely hated him so much and like from that moment forward like he's been one of my really good friends um and i still talk to him pretty frequently so i think that was one of like my high points like i don't know it kind of just it kind of put everything together right that's kind of where like you know after we like shook hands like pretty much like okay like respect like you know that was like that, that was like a pretty pivotal um a, pr- a pretty pivotal point in i guess my my like growing up i guess is what i'll say because things after that kind of got easier right it was like you know I, I can do I can do these things right it's right and I'm gonna have people obviously here to test me like things like that um it's like I, I know how to manage my way through it and and you know get through it and like I said at that moment it kind of like brought it like brought us together almost you know I remember afterwards like it was like you know shake hands and like you know help one another up off the ground or something like that right so yeah that was, like, that was big yeah kind of what you said was test you know and maybe they meant it like that or not, but in a way it kind of ended up being like that. And you respectfully, you know, responded, you know, you weren't an, you weren't an asshole, right. you know, you were respectful, but you held your ground and you're like, right. yeah, I'm a littler guy, but Hey, you're not going to just, I'm just going to treat me like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not about to just let that happen. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, another, I think another high point, just like the, the experiences that I had, um, you know, not very many people, right, move that far from home, like freshman year, like people, I was telling people like, hey, like, or people like asking, oh, where are you gonna go to school? I'm like, oh, I'm going to Wyoming. And they're like, why are you going so far? Like, why don't you go to like OU or OSU? And it's like, well, I didn't have the opportunity to, so, you know, this is the next closest place to where I can go. So and I'm going to go there. Um, right and I the life experiences that I got, right, having to live on my own for, know so for you know five years you know 11 hours away from family um and not being able to have like that safe that safety blanket of my parents you know down the street um and then just the, the friends i made right like all those I, I i never would have guessed that i'd have all those friends still you know that i talk to that i'm in group chats with that i that i see you know more regularly than what i would expect mm-hmm. um you know those guys are my brothers you know <laughs> Archie Colgan, um, you know, he's doing his MMA thing, Bryce Meredith, right. He was my workout partner for, you know, the two years we were together and, you know, I can't be more grateful for it. Like I said, Branson Ashworth, he was, you know, kind of took care of our, he was, <laughs> we all lived together, me, him, Bryce, and, uh, 
Saul, he was one of Bryce's room, or friends from Cheyenne, but, you know, he kind of like kept our house together and took care of our house. You know, he was like the, he was the parent of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, like I said, Saul, um, and then Chaz Pulse and like those guys, they just, they mean a lot to me. And, you know, I'm very appreciative of the friendship that I got, you know, by going there. And like I said, I would not have expected the, to have those that outlook when I got done. So, and obviously like, you know, the relationship I have with my coaches, Tion and EK and, you know, everybody else that was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why did you end up going to, I think I might've asked this, but why did you end up going to Wyoming? Did you not get scholarships from, or, or talk to from local schools? So, um, right. I didn't get talked to by OSU or not that I know of, right. I've heard people say, Oh yeah, I recruited him, but you know, I never heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, in which I kind of didn't really want to go there anyways, right? It was, I think, the kind of the, the outlook that, you know, Oklahoma kids have, or the way, what people think about Oklahoma kids are like, oh, they're going to stay close to home, or right? they're going to go to OSU, and, you know, it's going to be a, a battle to get in the lineup, right? Because that's the type of program it is, right? Mm-hmm. You may go there and have to sit for two years outside of your red shirt, and then you get two years to perform, um, right? So I knew I wasn't going to be able to go there. You know, if I, I could have sure walked on, but you know, if I'm if I'm gonna compete or you know practice and go through the grind that college wrestling is, right? I wanted to to come to fruition and at some point. Mm-hmm. And then you know, OU. I talked to OU a little bit, but they recruited somebody else in front of me, which you know, kudos to him. And Wyoming was kind of like that next spot, right? I went to went on a visit to Army, Air Force, and then Bucknell. Um, and then I had an offer from North Carolina and Wyoming kind of, it was, I went cause Tion, like I said, and then it, it in the end, it kind of made sense, you know, for the time. Yeah. And what, what was it about Wyoming? You said it's in the mountains. Like how is Laramie? You know, I've never been there. So the town's about 30, 30,000 with students, I think 30, 32. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's not big at all, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, you get people from everywhere, right? They're at teammates from New York, you know, Sam Egan, he's from Rochester. I got teammates from California, um, teammates from Idaho, teammates from Texas, right? Teammates from Florida. I got people from everywhere. Like, yeah, it's like everybody will come to Wyoming, right? And, you know, football players, basketball players, uh, people that run track, soccer, right? They're Everybody's from everywhere, right? So it's a good melting pot, right? You get exposed to a lot of different stuff. Um, so it's, that's that's kind of way I summarize, right? There's a little bit of everything in Laramie. Um, and like I said, the town's pretty small, so... But it's small enough to where you know most everybody, but it's big enough to where you don't see the same person every day on your walk to campus, right? Mm-hmm. But you you see everybody, and you see a lot of different things. Um, but like I said, it's cold, right? It, if I had, to, <laughs> if I had to describe with one word, it's gonna be cold and it's snowy. It's uh, you gotta be ready for the snow. So. Mm-hmm. And I drove a, I drove a Mustang, a, a rear wheel drive Mustang for five years. <laughs> tell you how many times I got that thing stuck, you know, and had to have random people with a truck and, you know, throw a, throw a rope on my axle and drag me out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's the type of people that are in Laramie though. So mm-hmm. I think that yeah. kind of pers- into perspective, like what you, you're trading off the weather or are you getting good people? So. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you get a lot of snow growing up in Oklahoma? I mean, I assume not, but no, you know. we would get we would get snow probably 
once a year, maybe. And it was usually either Thanksgiving or Christmas mm-hmm. or around the New Year's time. Yeah. And it would, I mean, it would close down the school for like a week. <laughs> getting, yeah, getting like an inch or two of snow. Like if it's Wednesday and it snows, we're not going to school the rest of the week, you know, and we might get Monday out. Whereas when I was in Larry five years, we got out of school one time. And, <laughs> you know, there's multiple times where I remember snow walking through, you know, to get to the facilities with snow, it's my knees. And I'm like, gosh, why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's really worth it. <laughs> yeah. did, did you, did you get like, the whole get up, like, did you get a face mask, ski goggles, like gloves? I mean, were you just. So for the all- longest, all I had was like a face mask. Like I wouldn't, like I said, when I first got there, I'd wear like, so it wasn't really like super cold. It was the wind that makes it cold. So mm-hmm. I could walk to class in you know, sweatpants and a sweatshirt and a hat and be fine if it's, you know, 15 degrees, as long as the wind's not blowing. But the second the wind starts blowing, that's when, it, when, uh, when bad things happen. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah. Like I probably didn't, I didn't really, I never really got gloves, you know? And if I did, I lost them the week. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you know, face mask. I had a couple that I would wear every now and then, but it was, I was kind of just there, just you know, walking through the elements. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we'll wrap up here. I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me here about your experience and your candid answers and even what you're doing now. It's awesome yeah. that you're going into law enforcement. Most of the, the, the normal wrestlers don't, you know, get the opportunity to, to share what they've been through. And most of the normal wrestlers have been through some special things. And, um, and not to say that, you know, the elite don't mm-hmm. deserve, you know, their platform, but right. The, the, the normal, the normal people, um, right. they, they go through some special things. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you take your time to go out and put, the, you know, take the time out of your day to put this podcast on. I think it's great. And, you know, something that I hope a lot of people start seeing it and, you know, you reach out and get it, get in touch with a lot of people with this. Foes on the Mercedes, that's major. Whole gang going crazy, that's major. Millions on the table, that's major. Turn dirt into diamonds, that's major. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Montori Bridges, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. I also have a new website you can visit at www.letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time. This mage. Foes on the Mercedes, that's major. Uh, uh, whole gang going crazy, that's major. Uh, uh, millions on the table, that's major. Uh, uh, I turn dirt into diamonds, that's major. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.